All right, what's up, Crip Nation? Bryson Pizza Mine coming at you from San Diego, California, per usual. Last week I was in Maui. It was delightful. I met many, many, many great people. Reconnected with some old friends. It was uh, it was a best friend's wedding, um, so we just celebrated all week. You know, we recorded a couple podcasts. Uh, we just stayed up to date with the trends and with the news. But today we are joined by Kevin Wang, who is a... So Kevin is an expert in particularly crypto economics and scaling blockchains. So so I'm particularly excited about this episode uh, because, you know, we're going to really peel back what it means to scale a blockchain. You know, we're going to look at state channels and side chains. Um, but moreover, we're really going to look at the trade-offs in performance, decentralization and security um, when deciding a methodology of scaling a blockchain and and for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with the idea of scaling a blockchain it just means how are we going to get you know high throughput where we could transfer not seven transactions a second uh but you know seven thousand transactions a second and really get this really robust um network that could handle a lot of a lot of throughput so there's lots of lots of lots of computer science trade-offs that go into this so we're going to break it down we're going to give you the 101 um, you know, if you've ever wondered what kind of data is stored in a block, if you've ever wondered what it takes for a blockchain to be decentralized technologically, this is really going to be the episode for you. You know, we're going to break down layer two in regards to state channels and side chains. So, so there's a lot to cover and Kevin does a really good job of breaking it down. And real quick, before we get to introduce our guest, Kevin, thank you for being so patient over there. We want to let you guys know, you know, our preferred method for storing digital currency um, that's the BRD wallet. So the BRD wallet, it's a really beautiful app. It's super user friendly. It's actually like genuinely the easiest wallet to use. You just download the app, you generate your private keys, um, you get a little mnemonic, right? It's those 12 words that you get to control your own crypto. And they really, really focus on a good user experience uh, for the mainstream, right? They, their mission is so well aligned with our mission. That's why we like to talk about them. Um, so go ahead and download the BRD wallet app, store any digital currency you have. And I promise you, promise you, promise you from the bottom of my heart, you will be thrilled with the experience of using this wallet. So, I mean, if you don't have a wallet yet and you've been listening to this podcast for however long, now's the time. And if you already do have a wallet, I still encourage you to go ahead and give it a try because you might find something in this wallet, um, that is a little bit better than what you're used to or what you are currently using. So without further ado, uh, Kevin Wang, you are the man. Welcome to the show. Really glad to finally get to speak with you. Uh, this has been one that I've been looking forward to uh, because you have such a unique subset of knowledge, if you will, in regards to crypto economics and actually how these blockchains scale. So Kevin, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Bryce and Peter Mind. <laughs> we are very excited to have you. So, Kevin, you founded, uh, co-founded the Nervos Network, which is a you know a very cool blockchain project. So, what what is that vision? And at a high level, what is Nervos Network trying to accomplish? And how is it different than some of the other blockchains that are out there? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, so the way we see the future is um, that. A lot of the real world value uh, is going to flow into the blockchain space, and then you know we kind of focus on value because that's what we believe it's the most unique uh, feature uh, of blockchain technology in general. Unlike you know the internet, which is also a decentralized uh, platform, 
uh, sort of based on messaging, but really the strength of a decentralized uh, network like the blockchain is uh, that it can be a platform of value, right? So it can have this decentralized trust, and therefore you can you know put something of value on the on on, on this platform. You know what we see is in the future, value is going to flow into the blockchain space, and to have a platform to serve that future, we feel that um, the best approach is to have a layered infrastructure where you know layer one is purely focused on value, right? So, uh, to be more specific, to the value prep, the value preservation uh, property, uh, you know, commonly known as the store of value, if you come from the Bitcoin space. But in comparison to Bitcoin, um, that Bitcoin can only express one type of value, which is, you know, monetary value, um, you know, with Bitcoin that's, you know, treated as currency. Um, but, you know, we want to build a platform that has multi-asset support, you know, with smart contract support, but also to be positioned as a, uh, as a store of value system, just like Bitcoin. So that is layer one. What other kinds of value are there? Uh, all kinds of you know crypto assets. The most obvious ones are going to be uh, like on Ethereum. You have these tokens, right? So these are uh, you know these are not used as currencies, but they may represent claim to specific uh, you know for example uh, token ERC twenty tokens or um, uh, or you know uh, like crypto kitties, right? So those uh, are digital native values uh, that that can be stored on the the pla- blockchain platform. Oh, okay, I see. So yeah, so going on forward, I mean, that's just you know those are what we call digital native values. You also have um, you know tokens in general can represent, for example, real world values, right? So the example of this is uh, where do you see the sort of U.S. dollar based uh, backed stable coins. This is where like true USD, USDC, and uh, to some extent Tether as well, right? So they are also accepted as value on the blockchain, um, but they are basically, you know, mapping of real world assets, which is basically US dollars, right, cash, um, but onto the blockchain. So this is the first step in this direction, what we believe, and uh, in the future we'll see more types. Of uh, you know either financial products um, or other some other type of real world value that can also be moved into the blockchain. So a lot of it is really social consensus, right? So what people um, uh, you know if all everybody sort of use blockchain as the registry for these values, and then um, and then can collaborate and recognize uh, that's the authoritative place. Um, you know, to to make a claim on a piece of real real world um, assets, uh, then you know value can then preserved and flow on in on the blockchain platforms. Right. Awesome. So you talked about this layered approach that uh, Nervos Network is taking, whereby the layer one protocol is simply for handling. Uh, the value preservation aspect, and then yeah. uh, you reference some other layers. So I'm assuming that you know layer two is going to be some type of uh, scaling solution, whether that's sharding. Um, so maybe you could go into what layer two and is there a layer three? Yeah. So layer two is a pretty uh, you know established term, and then you know when we talk about layer two, it's really in comparison to layer one, right? 
Um, so layer two technology, the most uh, commonly known layer two technology is Lightning Network or you know payment channel or Lightning Network um, for for Bitcoin payment network. So this is where you can open the channel between two parties, and instead of having each transaction settled on the blockchain itself, um, for example, you and me can open the channel, and then we can pass around. Um, uh, it's like a bar tab, right? We can pass around this. Um, uh, there's a piece of paper that re that records like here is how much money I owe you, and then um, you know I can uh, I can keep paying you the money, just update this balance. And in the end, when we want to close this balance, then we can settle uh, with one transaction on the blockchain network, right? Uh, for example, on Bitcoin. Right. So the idea is, you know, we could do hundreds or even thousands of transactions between us, but on the blockchain. Uh, it's really just one transaction. Well, it's actually two, right? When we open this balance and when we close it. Um, so this is sort of, we're compressing all these transactions into just two transactions on the blockchain. So that's a uh, that's an example of layer two tech, um, uh, in particular for payment network. So what's the scaling solution that um, Nervos is taking and, and what makes it unique? Uh, yeah, so in terms of scaling, we are very much into layer two scaling. Um, right, so we are a general purpose platform, uh, not just for payments, but um, you know, loosely you can you can put us in the smart contract uh, category. Um, so it really depends on the specific use case of uh, you know what people want to do on this platform. You know, for example, if if it's more about you know a, a game between two people, let's say we're playing chess, right? And then just go back and forth, and then we take turns. So that's very much like the payment channel example that I said, um, that I just gave. And so instead of doing, uh, you know, signing transactions on on payments, we're going to just make moves on the chessboard, and then we can in the in the end we can close that, and then, uh, you know, settle the the game on the blockchain. So that is called a state channel, right? Instead of payment channels. Um, on the other hand, I mean, we could uh, have something like like side chains, where um, you know, a, a sort of a serious state transitions can happen on the separate blockchain that you can think about, like tethering onto the main blockchain, and uh, so we can uh, you know do transactions on the side chain, and then eventually um, settle back to the main chain. So basically, use the the layer one blockchain as a settlement layer. Now, this is, again, it's, it's a very broad area. And then there's a lot of different technologies with different trade-offs, you know, in terms of trust model, uh, in terms of, you know, finality and, um, uh, you know, privacy and, and all that. But, you know, if you guys are interested, I'm happy to dive into more details uh, into this direction too. Let's actually talk a little bit more about layer one. I imagine uh, you and your engineers are having a whiteboard session. And you say, okay, today, guys, we're going to make a blockchain. And we need to decide on all the different variables. We need to figure out block times, consensus algorithms, block size, et cetera, all this stuff. What are the security trade-offs between the decisions for each one of these things versus performance? So if we only, you know, so first of all, just go back to your question, right? First of all, I think a step before that is to, for you know, all the folks to be in the room and talk about, you know, what we're trying to build. What's the value proposition of this blockchain in the first place, right? I think only if I have any answer to that, then we can, 
you know, talk about the technical trade-offs and answers, and know what we're gonna pick. But let's let's say working on the technical step and evaluating different options. It's really so mostly it's a trade-off between uh, between sort of decentralization and scalability, and we have seen this quite a bit. Uh, you know, again, use the example of Bitcoin, and this debate happened um, probably three four years ago. This small block, big block uh, debate, where uh, you know by supplying, uh, you know, increasing the supply of blocks, we will have more uh, throughput, right, transaction per second. On the other hand, that also means you put a much heavier demand on the type of hardware or, or you know hardware that people need to have to run the blocks, uh, to run nodes. Um, so which means you know less and less people are able to. Um, you know, run full nodes, and then uh, so there will be a lot less full nodes on the network, and decrease the resilience of the of the network, and um, uh, which also you know it could potentially get to the point that you know only professional um, uh, professionals can run nodes, and then so for regular users, if you want to, for example, if you and me want to um, do a peer to peer transaction, then we have to rely on somebody else to validate. That this transaction took place, took 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 place, and also you know you and me won't be able to independently verify from Genesis that the block the current blockchain is in this state, right? So these are I think again coming from Bitcoin, those are some of the core value proposition of a of a decentralized network in that you know everybody can participate, and then everybody can independently verify current state. Don't have to trust but you don't have to trust anybody else. Um, and then, you know, you and me can just, you and me, can, if you run a phone node, I run a phone node, we both know the current world state. And then if you give me a payment, we both know whether that have taken place. And, uh, you know, for example, had six blocks have passed, then, uh, you know, we're ready to change. Um, so would you say as a general rule, lar- larger uh, block times and smaller block sizes is uh, a good philosophy to have? Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. 
Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. A more secure blockchain? Yeah, so uh, I would say faster block size, a faster block time or larger block size are more or less equivalent, right? Um, so just use the, we can just use block size uh, for, uh, if, you know, for this example. That the larger the block size is, the less decentralized the network will be. In other words, people will have to rely more on service providers. Uh, you know, for example, right? Typically, you would uh, you know go to like a blockchain.info to check the um, whether a transaction has taken place, and then the current you know balance of a specific address. But right, so if um, if we have smaller blocks. Um, uh, then it's much easier just for me to, uh, you know, run a blockchain Bitcoin node from on my own, you know, desktop, and then I can validate or state independently from Genesis. So I don't have to rely on anybody to tell me uh, whether a transaction has taken place or how much money you have right now. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point to segue uh, quickly into the, you know the whole idea of you not having to rely on anybody. Pizza Mind and I talk. Uh, endlessly about the importance of having non-custodial wallets, right? And non-custodial wallets is something whereby you own your own private keys. And not many wallets do that, right? Like Coinbase custodies those wallets for you. And if Coinbase gets hacked, then you lose your coins. But, um, you know, there's a cool app called BRD. Um, it's a wallet. It's a digital currency wallet. It'll hold any of your crypto. You control your private keys. It's a super user-friendly experience. And, you know, this, this is one of these apps that, you know, me and Pizza Mind are super passionate about. So, you know, I want to encourage everybody who's tuning in today to go ahead, download the BRD app. It's this, you know, beautiful orange and, and pink and white app. And they really focus on security and user experience above anything. Uh, they got a great support team. Email them with any questions you have. And they just finished a one Bitcoin giveaway. So that could have been you um, if you downloaded it before September 1st. 
I think the dates were like August 24th to September 1st, one lucky winner. So if you're out there and you're listening and you were that listener, please get into contact with us. We'd love to bring you on the show. But let's jump back to what we were just talking about. And I think what we're talking about here is extremely pertinent to the conversation that was revolving around the Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash fork. Exactly. In part, I mean, it was largely because that uh, some some of the guys wanted uh, bigger blocks and which would result in more centralization of the network. Um, And the reason why that requires more centralization of the network, or I should say the reason why it affects or causes more centralization of the network is because uh, these blocks require more storage and a normal guy like me and pizza mind wouldn't actually be able to, you know, have, you know, gigabyte blocks. Uh, it would just be, we would need to use a data center and be too prohibitive. Is that correct? Yeah. So, uh, definitely state storage. Uh, so in Bitcoin state storage, is basically UTXO set, right? So the, the faster the block time or bigger blocks, you tend to have more transactions and then, you know, potentially more UTXOs created, that definitely will create more demand on state storage, but also bandwidth as well, right? So when you have bigger blocks, that means just more data has to be transmitted, um, you know, with the same amount of time. So, you know, it would demand higher um, throughput or, or bandwidth requirements. Um, so then, you know, you, it will be increasingly difficult for somebody, you know, just, you know, staying at home, have a home computer to be able to catch up on with all of that. I think for Bitcoin, it's less of, uh, you know, the, at least current, you know, right now, it's less of a problem. But for Ethereum, for example, you already see this happening. It's just, you know, unless you're a professional and then, you know, running nodes on a cloud machine with very high specs, you know, multiple CPUs and especially SSD hard drives, it's just impossible, almost impossible to um, to run a node at home and the home environment and um, be able to sort of va- validate the blockchain from Genesis, um, you, you know, you just can't catch up, right? So you become slower and slower and then take more and more disk space. And um, yeah, <laughs> the the progression of, you know, validated from Genesis will just be, uh, you, you, you just always be slower than the current where the head is, for example. Yeah, so could we dive into a little bit of... Um you know, what makes good crypto economics? I know you said you were doing some research in that. Um, and kind of the idea here is we want to know what makes a token actually accrue value. Yeah, so uh, that's, yeah, that's something we put a lot of time to to research. So let's, again, use something simpler like a Bitcoin. Um, the reason that Bitcoin has value is uh, basically people believe that the network is secure over time and then uh, that the network can protect their their Bitcoin over time. And then that's the reason people are willing to treat Bitcoins as money or as store of value, right? Um, and then Bitcoin network has more or less, you know, uh, succeeded uh, in, this, in this goal. And the reason of this is, is very important is that as the value of a Bitcoin increases over time, the network itself is able to raise its security um, or cost of attack, so to speak, right? Uh, as Bitcoin's value increase. So hypothetically, right, if Bitcoin miners are paid not with BTC, but with US dollars, with fixed amount of US dollars per block, right, then... Um, the security of the Bitcoin network won't hold up because as the 
uh, Bitcoins themselves increase the value, let's say a hundred times, but the miners' income uh, stay the same, right? So that just means you're giving more incentive for attackers to to attack the network. Um, but because the Bitcoin miners are paid with the native currency of the network, which is BTC, then if Bitcoin's price go up, let's say a hundred times, which means miners' income also go up a hundred times, right? Because they're paid with it. You know, within a uh, difficulty adjustment period, it's the same uh, number of BTCs. Mm. Um, so, and this holds up, right? So, even you know this the sort of the value you, you you store becomes more valuable. The asset you store becomes more valuable. You are able to attract because you're paying out more reward to the miners. Therefore, you can attract more hash power. So, you are able to attract more hash power. Sort of raise your defense as the asset value increases, right? So this is what works for Bitcoin. Um, now, this is, you know, primarily because there is a block reward exists for the Bitcoin network. Um, now, when uh, after all the Bitcoins, 20 million Bitcoins are issued, are mined out, uh, you know, there is a question whether this model can still work, but, you know, we don't have to go there. But um, so going back to the question, you know, what makes Bitcoin valuable? is because it can be sustainably secure, right? So people are willing to put their savings, for example, into the Bitcoin network to store, you know, as a store value network, right? Um, now, you know, for multi-asset platforms, uh, you can't say the same, right? So because, like, take an example for Ethereum, there are many different of assets running on top of Ethereum right. uh, in the form of tokens. Now, miners, however, are only paid with one currency which is eth um, so unless there is a clear path that you know as the value of all these tokens on ethereum network increases eth also will increase then we could run into this the problem that i described earlier for bitcoin uh, if miners were paid with us dollars right um, so for a lot of uh, i would say for all other smart contract platforms than nervos this path of value capture or value transfer, uh, there's no direct path, right? So it more or less just depends on people's voluntarily willingness to hold the native currency uh, as the ecosystem becomes more, uh, you know, we call this heavy asset problem as the assets become more valuable or heavy. Um, so what we believe is for multi-asset platforms, it's essential that native currency will, they have to be able to capture the ecosystem value, right? So for all the tokens or what you know, the value is running on top of the um, of the platform. So that's the sort of the centerpiece of our crypto economics design uh, to serve that purpose. Um, Very cool. To, so that so that we can behave as a sort of multi-asset store value platform. Awesome. So let's take a slightly different direction. Um, we want to talk a little bit about smart contracts. When will smart contracts start playing a role for the average consumers? And what are a few ways that you think uh, everyday people will start interacting with them at first? Yeah. Uh, so I think there are two type of uh, you know two type of thoughts on this, and one is this is how the 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 concept smart contracts came about is to treat the 
you know, treat them as basically contracts, right? Just like a real world contract. Um, that the behaviors are pre-programmed um, so that we get into this, when we interact with the blockchain, we know exactly what will happen. The other sort of uh, uh, thoughts, direction of thoughts, is to treat this more as a asset platform and then you know, use the uh, smart contracts as the uh, rules that bound the behaviors of asset transfers or asset behaviors. Um, so for us, we are more in, in the second direction. We're more aligned with the second direction, right? So what we believe, again, I think I said in the very beginning, the unique property of, of uh, public blockchain is that it can represent and um, uh, represent value and then uh, to um, in a trustless way, right? So it, it, it's kind of it's like an alternative financial platform, if you will, if you use financial, the word of financial loosely to represent like anything, the transaction value. Um, yeah, so the way we look at it, that's the unique uh, unique proposition of the blockchain and then that's also how we feel the adoption path of the blockchain is as more and more real world or you know digital native value being created in the space then blockchain tech or blockchain platform themselves will also uh, you know gain adoption and get more mind share of regular users um, uh, so yeah that's how we see that's how we see the future very nice. Well said. Um, you know, Kevin, before we let you go here, um, something that we always like to ask people who come on the show is, uh, you know, what is one company that you think is having the greatest impact on our crypto space right now? And it, and it can't be your own company. Uh, company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Instead of a company, I mean, I'll just say, uh, I'll just say a project. Okay. Because right? uh, a lot of the, yeah. So I would definitely say Ethereum because, uh, well, obviously Bitcoin is there, but I, su- I suppose Bitcoin is not the answer you want to hear. We um, like Bitcoin too. But I w- yeah, <laughs> we both do, right? Um, but I think Ethereum has really uh, expanded the horizon of you know, what blockchain tech can do and also to sort of pioneer the R&D uh, research and development of this space and then um, it's still very much the um, you know the the platform with the largest ecosystem and a lot of developers and people doing interesting things. So we definitely have a lot of respect for uh, for Ethereum. When do you think the price of Ethereum and some of these altcoins will bounce back? Uh, that's a good question. If I know that, <laughs> <laughs> like if I knew that, yeah. I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be here. I'd be on a on a beach in Tahiti. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably not that, <laughs> but. I'm just trying to say, I mean, that's that's a question nobody really knows. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kevin. Um, if the people want to follow you, the good people of Crypto 101, uh, could we direct them to a social channel for you or a Telegram or anything? Yeah. So I am at K-N Wang, K-N-W-A-N-G on Twitter. Um, but also, you know, follow Nervous Network in general. I think we are... Uh, we're on Telegram, we're on Twitter. Um, the website is nervos.org, O-R-G, uh, N-E-R-V-O-S dot O-R-G. Um, so yeah, so I think we definitely have something interesting and a lot of interesting research going on there. Um, yeah, so awesome. Uh, welcome everybody to, to join our community. Great. Thank you, Kevin. We'll definitely take a look. And we are excited to keep tabs on what's going on with Nervos Network. So we wish you all the best. Thanks, guys, for having me here.
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.